Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back, everyone, to the PA the FI Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and thank you so much for joining me for the show today. I hope that the new year is treating you well. With the new year, I decided that I wanted to try to be a bit more intentional with keeping in touch with you and updating you with different tips or pieces of recommendations on your journey to financial independence. So I relaunched the newsletter for PA the FI Way. And the name of the newsletter is PA Money Script. And although with financial independence, certainly finances and money are discussed quite frequently, these things are primarily discussed as a tool for you to use to help treat and prevent burnout working in healthcare and to try to help set your future self up for what you feel like will be the life that you're wanting to live. And I hope that you are also constantly reevaluating your current life on the way to financial independence as well and trying to make the changes that you feel are necessary to try to be happier and more at peace with where your current life is as well. So if you aren't already on the email list for the newsletter, you can go ahead and subscribe by visiting my website over at pathefiway.com and scrolling all the way down to the bottom where it talks about subscribing to the newsletter. And if you do get an email from me that you find helpful or that you have some thoughts that you want to share with me, please go ahead and hit the reply button and send me an email back because I love to hear from each of you. For today's episode, I want to talk about the seven benefits of telemedicine for patients as well as providers. As you know, I currently work in telemedicine, in psychiatry as a PA, and it's something that I'm really passionate about. And I've briefly touched on my passion for it as well as the benefits for it in past episodes, but I haven't really dedicated a whole episode to it yet. So I hope that you find this information helpful and enjoyable because I get a lot of messages about people asking about telemedicine in general. So as I'm sure you all know, telemedicine has exploded in the past few years due in no small part to the COVID-19 pandemic. Perhaps this is one good thing that has come out of the pandemic. Prior to the pandemic, telemedicine was still an option. I was working in family medicine at the time, and there was discussion about how we providers could be trained in telemedicine to offer it as a service to our patient panels if it was something that we would want to pursue. At the time, no one in my clinic was necessarily particularly interested in telemedicine. I was definitely considering it as a possibility to add variety to my day and as a tool to try to help serve my patients a little bit better at the time as well. Also, the large healthcare organization that I was working for at the time 
told us that eventually offering telemedicine appointments to our patients would likely be something that would be required from us over the course of maybe the next five years or so as they had planned to gradually implement it and roll out a plan for it throughout all of the family medicine department within the organization. Well, then March 2020 rolled around and the pandemic smacked us all right in the face. We were forced to implement telemedicine into our practices to continue to see our patients. What the organization had planned to implement over the course of five years was implemented in a matter of a couple of weeks. No wonder why it felt like we were being thrown into it completely. Fortunately, for myself who tends not to love quick and constant change, actually loved this change that ended up being forced upon me at the time. Telemedicine is wonderful for both the patients and the providers, so let's start by talking about some of its benefits. The first benefit of telemedicine is convenience. Having a telemedicine visit with a healthcare provider is incredibly convenient for the majority of our patients. For example, they don't have to leave their home or commute to the clinic. Depending upon their concern and the length of the appointment, patients could also have a visit during a break at work or at their workplace after the end of their shift. Patients don't have to wait in the lobby of the clinic or urgent care for their appointment. They could be doing something productive or even relaxing prior to the visit, such as reading or working on different projects, or starting their dinner at home, instead of waiting to be called back from the lobby to be seen for their appointment. Telemedicine visits are convenient for many providers as well. Healthcare providers can either incorporate virtual visits into their workday at the clinic, or they could even have a full day or half of day of virtual visits that they can perform from home. There are now current roles where providers can work fully remotely as well, which is the type of role that I currently have. The next benefit of telemedicine is infection prevention. Obviously, one of the primary reasons as to why telemedicine became so popular during the pandemic was that it helped prevent the spread of the virus. Patients could remain at home and have a visit with their provider without the possibility of contaminating either the provider or other patients in the clinic or urgent care. The third benefit of telemedicine is lower anxiety. Many patients don't love to be seen by a provider as they could potentially have some underlying anxiety about clinics or urgent cares in general. Since I've transitioned into the specialty of psychiatry, I can definitely see how my very anxious patients with agoraphobia or social anxiety are better able to have their visits in the comfort of their own homes. And then with the help of medication from myself as the prescribing provider, as well as therapy with a therapist, patients can learn to develop tools and skills to lessen the symptoms of their anxiety and perhaps eventually be able to leave their home a lot more easily down the road. The fourth benefit of telemedicine is greater access for rural patients. In most states, there are rural areas where there could be hundreds of miles between clinics or urgent cares, and the patients who live in those rural areas can be evaluated more readily with the use of telemedicine and can avoid commuting those long distances. The next benefit for telemedicine is that there can often be easier access to specialists. 
Depending upon the expertise of the specialist, there may be only one or two with the knowledge or skill set in a few hundred mile radius. So being able to utilize telemedicine provides more access to these specialists. Even the commonly encountered uncontrolled diabetes could seek help from endocrinology virtually to help get their numbers under better control. And other specialists may utilize a telemedicine visit as the initial consult to start to get the ball rolling with their services to be able to help the patient better. Perhaps they see the patient initially through telemedicine and see them for a follow-up in person. The next benefit of telemedicine is safety. Having a visit at home can often be safer than trying to commute to the clinic during inclement weather for us who live in the northern states and tend to get a lot of snowfall or icy road conditions, or even during rush hour at times. In addition, it's sad to say this, but virtual visits can often mean more safety for the healthcare providers as well. Unfortunately, it seems like some patients can be more volatile, combative, and even abusive in recent years. For example, I know that personally, when I have to share with a patient that unfortunately I can not prescribe or refill their controlled medication due to the substance that showed up on their urine drug screen, I tend to have a little bit less tachycardia when a patient is very upset and cussing me out through a screen than I have experienced in the past during an in-person visit with some of my patients. And the seventh and final benefit of telemedicine that I wanted to review with you today is reduced cost. So depending on the type of the visit, telemedicine visits could be more affordable than in-person visits, though this is not always the case. It certainly depends upon the complexity, the amount of time spent, the workup, etc. There is also less overhead for the company or the organization to offer telemedicine visits to their patients than to have to pay for an office space or a whole clinic, as well as other staff, for in-person visits. As you can see, telemedicine offers many advantages to both the patients and the healthcare professionals. There is actually such a wide range of specialties and areas of medicine where telemedicine can be applied. Here is just a sample of the areas of medicine and types of visits where telemedicine could be beneficial. The first is primary care. For example, patients could be seen for URI symptoms, rashes, mental health concerns, diabetes, or hypertension monitoring, provided that the patients can monitor things like their glucose or blood pressure at home and report back to you. There is even technology that exists to have a nurse or an MA use a digital otoscope and or stethoscope in person to share images or sounds to the off-site provider if the patient is in clinic. Another specialty is urgent care. Urgent care can have a department under the total umbrella of urgent care that has some providers that do see some concerns as well, such as URI symptoms, rashes, etc., very similar to primary care. And often for both primary care and urgent care, if a patient starts a visit as telemedicine and the provider feels like telemedicine is not appropriate for a full evaluation and tests are needed or a physical exam in person is needed, then they can recommend that the patient be actually seen in clinic in family medicine or at the urgent care clinic in person as well. Another specialty that can implement telemedicine is emergency medicine. For example, telestroke consults are very helpful in rapidly having a provider assess the patient for possible stroke symptoms. 
The next specialty that you'll find telemedicine in is psychiatry, the one that I work in, where you help with mental health medication management. I feel like psychiatry is one of the better specialties to help utilize telemedicine because most patients can be seen and adequately treated without the need of a face-to-face visit because we do not tend to do a full physical exam where touching the patient and palpating or listening with a stethoscope is needed as would be the case in in in-person visits. I already had touched on endocrinology where diabetes management could be utilized or thyroid concerns as well. Another area of telemedicine that I feel like has increased a lot lately is weight management. So there are lots of different medications to help with weight loss. And it looks like that a lot of these types of visits are done through the use of telemedicine. Even a specialty that can tend to have a lot of procedures can also add on telemedicine. So for example, dermatology, some rashes and lesions can be evaluated through telemed roles. However, huge caveat, obviously in person can be better for a lot of those cases with the use of dermatoscopes in office as well for the dermatology provider. Perhaps a subset of dermatology providers that perform cosmetic procedures might start with telemedicine evaluations to discuss the different options that they could do to help with aesthetic services as well. And then this next group of areas of medicine where telemedicine can be utilized would not necessarily be something that PAs or medical healthcare providers would implement, but that our colleagues would implement. And one is mental health therapy. Certainly, that is a great use of telemedicine. Physical therapy can even be done with some telemedicine too, because different exercises or stretches can be reviewed as well and progress can be monitored. Same with occupational therapy. And then dietitians can utilize telemedicine where they can discuss and review different nutritious meal plans and recommendations for their clients. And then another area of telemedicine that I'm aware of a PA through social media has done is maternal fetal medicine because she used to be a dietitian and she now works in maternal fetal medicine to help her patients with gestational diabetes, which is a really cool story and background with that case. Another area of telemedicine where you may find PAs is sleep medicine as well. Sleep medicine consults can be used where patients review and discuss their symptoms and concerns. And then also telemedicine can be utilized to review sleep study results and recommendations from that as well. So this list was just a small sample of the many areas where telemedicine can actually be utilized. Although telemedicine has many applications, it obviously is not a replacement for all of medicine, including physicals or procedures or some components of physical exam as well. There are many things that need to be done in person, like pap smears, pelvic exams, breast exams, dermoscopy, INDs, biopsies, surgeries, imaging studies, lab draws, etc. So I do not believe telemedicine will completely replace all of medicine. It's just a great extra tool to be able to offer to our patients. Since my recent switch to a fully remote telepsychiatry role, I must say that I'm absolutely loving it. It's so nice to be able to work from home in my office, avoid a commute, 
be able to do things like small chores around the house like laundry or throw a meal in the crock pot between patients for dinner later in the evening. So I really appreciate that this seems to be the best fit for my life right now working as a PA in medicine. It's not to say that I'll always work in telemedicine. I don't know what the future will hold, but right now it feels like a really good fit for both myself and the patients that find it helpful and convenient for them that I see. I recognize that many of you work in a procedural-based specialty or you love meeting with your patients face-to-face in person. And if that's the case, I completely respect and thank you for all the hard work that you do. Personally, I loved procedures as well. I loved my surgical rotations that I had in general surgery, urology, cardiothoracic surgery, and I loved my dermatology rotation as well with all the procedures. But it's funny how our interests can change over time as well, or at different phases in our life. I get asked quite often in person or through messages through social media how I got into telemedicine and what advice I would have for other PAs interested in getting into telemedicine, such as how in the world can they find a telemedicine job? To help answer those questions, I created a guide for you. And the name of the download that I created is called Transitioning to Telemedicine, your guide to finding a telemedicine job. And I will include a link to this in the show notes for you. So you can download it and print it off to use as a tool to finding a telemedicine job if that's something that you're interested in. And as a reminder, don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter if you want to receive tips and suggestions and recommendations on your way to financial independence into your email inbox as well. Thanks so much to each of you for taking a listen today and I will see you back here soon. Thank you for tuning in and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on. But more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.